Hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us this week on Sacred Com. We are still hosting the Revelation uh, posting from dwellinginscripture.com, giving you a little bit of insight into the book of Revelation. Uh, this can help you in your Christian life. It can help you preaching, teaching, however it might be. This is kind of the audio part, kind of a partner with those postings. So check out dwellinginscripture.com. Uh, I contribute to that site and uh, this is kind of the audio part of that particular blog. This week we're looking at Revelation chapters 2 and 3. They kind of go together. They're a unit. It's the letters to the seven churches. It is Jesus being the head of the church, being the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and pointing out, uh, we think, in the church at large, some different issues. Specifically, he targets uh, seven churches that were in Asia, and Jesus is kind of talking to each of them. Now, there is a pattern that develops in chapters 2 and 3 that you see in number 7, you see in verse 11, verse 17, especially in, you know, in these chapters all throughout, there is this phrase that repeats. Whoever has ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, and, and there is the promises to overcome. And so there is this pattern of, of this beautiful pattern of repetition that we need to take, take note of as we go through chapters 2 and 3. So the first church is the to Ephesus, the Ephesians. They're praised for perseverance and knowing the right teachings of the Lord. And, and what's cool about them is they can identify a false teaching and then reject it. That is wonderful. That They, you know, Book of Acts and the Bereans, um, this is something that is needed, especially in today's world. They, they are warned about departing from their first love and, uh, you know, whatever that might be, that perhaps some lack of deed, some passion that they had at first. And, uh, you know, God, God, uh, Jesus appreciates them and he also warns them. Then we have the church in Smyrna. I don't know what a person from Smyrna would be, the Smyrnaites, the Smyrnaeans. They're praised for enduring and suffering for the name of Christ. And he warns them that that their faithfulness will soon be put to the test, even to the point of death. And these verses are an encouragement to them, and not just to them, but to all future believers. I mean, everyone who hears the word and and puts faith in Jesus Christ and is an overcomer because of his death, we will not be harmed by the second death. We will not be harmed by the things that Satan devises to hurt us. I mean, the the second death is defined as uh, eternal punishment handed out by God on the last day, on the day of the Lord, and, and we have life. Christians have life. Um, parallel passages like Matthew 10, 28, um, you know, we see that God has the authority, he's the only one, to hand out this kind of life and death to destroy both soul and body. So whoever has ears hear what the spirit says to the churches endure and and know that in the end god is taking care of us then we've got pergamum uh, the pergamites live in a city full of satan they they have not denied the name of jesus and they have faith in jesus but they are warned about false teachings among them about the teachings of balaam the nicolaitans uh, the nicolaitans only appear here in revelation but it seemed to be known throughout the scriptures. John knew who they were. Jesus obviously knew who they were. And so you want to be aware of, of false teaching. 
um, beware of uh, sexual misconduct and things like that. That that causes issue in the church. Uh, Thyatira have a wonderful praise that focuses on their deeds, their love, their faith, their service. I mean, they are, uh, Jesus looks at them and, and they seem to be a great example of a church, of a church that, you know, you and I would want to go to. Um, their service is appreciated, their steadfast endurance, and all of those have improved over time. And there's encouragement from Christ to continue in these good deeds because the promised reward is reigning along with Christ over the nations. And that they are warned about the, the teaching and the rot of, of Jezebel, which uh, center, I think, around sexual immorality in the church. Repent or die. Repent or have disease. Repent and turn back to the Lord. It's, it's Again, false teaching is warned against. Then we move into chapter 3. Again, chapters 2 and 3 are a bit of a unit. It's the letters to the seven churches. Uh, chapter 3 begins with Sardis. Uh, there's not a lot of praise for them. In fact, not any. Uh, the Sar, again, what do you call them? Sardisians, the Sardines. We'll call them the Sardine Christians. They're pretty much dead. There's no praise for them. And I don't know if you believe this or not, but it is possible for a church fellowship to be completely dead and to still be meeting. That is possible. Uh, the, war the warning to the, to the church at Sardis comes from the one who holds the seven spirits and the seven churches, and that is Jesus. All of these uh, warnings and compliments and encouragements uh, and the repetition of whoever has ears to hear what the Spirit says, all of this comes from Jesus, every single one. And he knows as the leader of the church, as the head, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he knows that their reputation is false. He knows that they are not alive and they're near death. And that that is a scary thing for a church and even for a Christian. Then we have the church in Philadelphia. Philadelphians are praised because they walked through the open door presented by Christ and they didn't look back. They didn't shrink back. They saw him, they accepted him, and they moved forward. And they're not called to repent of anything, but they are called to endure. Verse 10 points on a trial that will be coming soon to the whole world, and they are encouraged to hold tight to Jesus in verse 11 and to not to lose their reward. And verse 12, to me, if I think about it, calls to mind 1 Peter 2, uh, which brings together the name of God, his people, his spirit, a standing stone built into the kingdom of God, and together believers will dwell in the place of God. And then we have the last church, the church of Laodicea. The Laodiceans, similar to uh, the church in Sardis, there's no praise for them. Uh, there's no good things coming. The, the Lord, the one worthy of making these statements and giving this advice and laying out this judgment, he knows them. He knows that there's nothing there, and he's going to vomit them out in a very vivid a description from the Lord, he's just going to vomit them out. Uh, why? Well, they're lukewarm, they're wretched, pitiful, blind, and naked, and that goes into some uh, some cultural things, and we'll kind of talk about that here in a second. But whoever has ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, look at these seven churches. Uh, look honestly at the church in which you serve, the church that you attend. Which one is your church? I happen to think that in... 
in our world today and, and perhaps throughout time, the church you attend, the church you serve, um, is going to be one of these seven. It's going to be one of them. Uh, there will be good and bad mixed in there, uh, alive, and, and the, you know, the, the tendency to draw away from first things and first loves. And so it's a good, I think it's a good practice to look at these and who, who are we in the midst of these in the midst of these seven churches. Now, again, we happen to think that the seven churches in chapters two and three are a symbolic representation of the whole church. And, you know, for the whole church, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear, hear it. We need to repent and find what matches and what is described in this passage. And yes, in these passages, there are cultural things uh, that are specific, like with Laodicea, the, the blind, naked, wretched, uh, you know, those things key off of important things in their particular city. Um, and you can dig into those in, in any good commentary. But, you know, the, the warnings, we need to get rid of these things. The praises, we need to do these things. I mean, these items are for them, the original recipients, the, the fellowships of that time. But it's also for us in this whole church time. The, these apply to us. Uh, this is important. And we happen to think that the, the Apostle John perhaps uh, had a bit of a, a way with these churches. And, you know, maybe he had leadership. They were known to him. He was known to them. And so he could speak to them. And these are the ones that Jesus picked. So he went with it. Um, it's also significant in these particular chapters, these two chapters, Jesus calls the church, his bride, to fullness. With, with praise and warning. I mean, the kingdom of God is always at focus in this book, always. The kingdom of God is the church full of those who believe in Jesus Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is the kingdom of God. And Jesus has full authority to instruct them and us because he's the king, he's the head of the church, he's the groom. I mean, pick a term, whatever you want, but Jesus knows his teachings and he knows that he wants his followers to follow them and follow him. He knows his witness. He, he knows when people are in his kingdom and when they're not and when the people inside are faking and when they're not. He can tell us to shape up. He can tell us uh, where we are doing well and where we are failing. He can do that. He can because he is Jesus. He's the head of the church. And so as you look over Revelation 2 and 3, just remember that it is very clear that the church should repent of those things that Jesus condemns. They should lean into the things that Jesus praises. And where do we fit in? That, that, my friends, is the question. Thank you for joining us this week. Read through the, the blog uh, on dwellinginscripture.com. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.